Good morning. I'm Becca Stevens. Marcus Hummond. And we are old friends of Christ Church, and we're happy to be sharing a message about forgiveness this morning with you. It comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went out and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you. If you not do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now Marcus and I have been married for 31 years. And I always think sometimes his music and his writing is the best way to preach. So Marcus. <laughs> Used to chase that boy home from school, called him freckle-faced, red-headed fool. He was different. He wasn't cool like me. Sticks and stones didn't break any bones, but we never let well enough alone. And one day, he ran away from home, you see. And I passed him as he walked away. In his eyes, I heard him say, One of these days, you're gonna love me. You'll sit down by yourself and think about the time you pushed and shoved me. What good friends we might have been. Then you're gonna sigh a little. Maybe even cry a little, but one of these days you're gonna love me. Addie was a small town beauty. I took one look at her and I had to pull her to me. Lord knows she should have seen right through me when I promised her the world. Seventeen, you only want one thing, and I left her standing with my high school ring. Innocent tears in the pouring rain as I walk away. And I still see her in my dreams. And 
To this day she's whispering One of these days you're gonna love me You'll sit down by yourself and think About the time you turned from me And what good friends we might have been Then you're gonna sigh a little Maybe even cry a little But one of these days you are gonna love me Now everybody stands up The congregation sings And it's a song of sweet forgiveness and as the chorus rings, the wind blows clear my memory and the pages start to turn. And suddenly I'm singing the moment that I learn that one of these days I'm gonna love me and feel the joy of sweet relief. Last I find some peace, then I'm gonna cry a little, maybe even laugh a little. But one of these days, I'm gonna love me. This morning through this incredible gospel is all about what happens in the aftermath when you and I try to add up the score and we can't keep track I know for my husband and I I bet I have given it forgiven him like 77 times or maybe 70 times seven and I also know that he's forgiven me more than that this is the work of Saints forgiveness is it is the hard work. It is the heavy lifting. So I thought I would bring some saints to you this morning to talk about forgiveness. First, Howard Thurman, the grandfather of the civil rights movement who said, I must seek reconciliation on the basis of my sense of responsibility to the other person and myself for the injury done. We begin the journey saying, I confess my own inner confusion as I look out upon the world. I confess my share in the ills of the time. And I always look to Dorothy Day, right there in New York, the founder of the Catholic Worker Movement who for years kept the pot warm for all those who came to her door, who says of forgiveness, forgiving and forgive, being forgiven have nothing to do with tolerating grave wrongs or being passive in the face of massive injustices with premature reconciliation. Even in World War II, she said, what shall we say? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And of course, the King of Peace, Mahatma Gandhi said, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is, is the attribute of the strong. In a very real sense without forgiveness, 
there is no future. And the beloved creator of community, Henry Nowen, to forgive another person from the heart is an act of liberation. We free ourselves from the burden of being the offended one. As long as we do not forgive those who have wounded us, we pull them along as in a heavy load. And one of my favorite writers of all time, Madeline Lingle, in the evening of life, we shall be judged on love. And none of us is going to come off very well. And were it not for my absolute belief in the loving forgiveness of my Lord, I could not call on him to come. And finally, from James Cone himself, forgiveness is victory out of defeat. It is the weak overcoming the strong. It's saying, you can't destroy my spirit. I have a forgiving spirit because that is how God created me. I'm the founder and president of Thistle Farms, and it's why years ago you invited me to be with you at Christ Church, one of the first really big stages, communities that we got to be a part of, and I am always so grateful. The heart of Thistle Farms, who works with women who are survivors of prostitution, trafficking, addiction, that is about the freedom for women all over the world, at the heart of it is a principle of forgive and feel free. Forgive and feel freedom is what we do. So what we say when we practice the spiritual principle is the scales of justice weigh more heavily for the poor and for those who struggle in systems. It's never been fair, and the only way forward for all of us is to forgive it all. We are called to give those who have harmed us. We are called to forgive all the harm we have done to ourselves. And we are called to ask forgiveness from all the people we have harmed. Forgiveness is what allows us to move forward in peace. And I've known that in my life, and I know you know that in your life, but it is a hard practice to forgive again and again all that needs to be forgiven, to forgive as we have been forgiven. I've learned this lesson again and again in the pandemic, especially from one of the amazing graduates of the community of Thistle Farms. About three months into the lockdown, we were sitting together, and I was preparing to do her wedding, her, you know, um, six-person, in-person wedding, about 10 days. And she looked at me in that meeting and said, I know you want me to be grateful for how you and this community have helped me off the streets. But I want you to know I'm not grateful, I'm mad as hell. And I believed her. I believed that the racism that she has known since childhood and the abuse of systems and the anger that welled up in her from unjust systems and living under bridges and trying to survive had created a place in her that it felt almost impossible to find that path to gratitude. And I know that I was in some way a part of it, so I apologized to her again, saying, I just want to find a way to move forward together. So I was pretty nervous when I came to this chapel. This is what my son made, this mural that he painted where we did this wedding. I was pretty nervous when I came, and it was she and her maid of honor and myself. 
and she had this long, beautiful, white silk dress. And it had a cord, a silk cord, about 12 feet long, 12 yards long, to tie up in the back and cinch like a corset and then tuck into the bustle. There was no way she could do it alone. And it ended up that her maid of honor and I were on our knees trying to get that thing tightened and tied and tucked in. And we all started laughing. And without knowing it, she was allowing forgiveness and joy to come into her heart and we could be free again. I believe that forgiveness is a miracle, like light that shines down on us. It doesn't right the wrongs. It doesn't mean that it's not a part of still us needing to resist and make restitution. It means we can be together. And it is a gift, and it is a miracle. Gwen and I have talked since, and she's talked about this idea. That's not till we get down on our knees with each other. It's not till we get real with each other and are willing to help each other that it's even possible. So my prayer for you and for me today is to however we can offer or accept that gift of freedom that we do it with gratitude and then offer it to one another. Jesus' forgiveness does not supersede resistance or accountability. It just offers us a way to be community again, to work towards justice, freedom, and peace. The people who wrote our common worship wrote into the very liturgy that we forgive one another as we have been forgiven. And then they go on to talk about the kind of forgiveness, knowing what it was that we are about and how much we needed that reconciliation. Centuries before we ever gather. So it's no surprise that you and I need freedom, that we long for it like a deer longs for water. Bottle. Let us offer it to one another and laugh and weep in gratitude. Amen.